movie night, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier when you're outside of the ice or underneath the system or in Soviet Russia. It's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza for a special movie podcast. Raf, what do we call this podcast? You put movie pod and i was too drunk and tired to fight against it so i said yeah that sounds fine the stallone cast oh good is what i was working towards he's a magician he's crushing cobra we're doing the inverse of what we did with the baywatch jumanji situation and to hear that you've got to go back uh, we were basically like, which rock remake is a worse movie? And we had some feelings about it. And it really forced me to revisit my relationship with Baywatch. So that's nice. There is one event that has happened sports-wise in the world, basically, Raph. That was Submission Underground. You organized an unbelievable grappling hour. Uh, people should just go to that, right? Yeah, they can catch that on all of the grappling hour platforms. You know, YouTube the Twitch, the Facebook, all of them. We had a good time. It was you, me, Jordan Peitzman, Josh Storlord, LeDuc, uh, and uh, who's the other one? Oh, Jake Watson, and not uh, uh, Emil Fisher. So no. just Officially, no Emil Fisher. We just want to all be Christmas. I just also don't understand how people, like, we're all about having a good amount of, hey, I want to be on the show. He was like, I don't understand why I'm not on it. And I was like, well, I think you answered your own question. A true diva would have just liked it and cried alone with some <laughs> bourbon. As someone who's missed several of Brandon McCathrin's re- reach, ar- I mean, uh, around the mm-hmm. mat watches. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Well, we're getting back at everyone today. I, you got to go listen to it. Ref, you did a great job. I, I love the format. We got to revisit some. If you ever watched Around the Mat, which will date you, especially if it was about <laughs> our Metamorris coverage out there in the grappling world, you're going to dig the Submission Underground coverage. You can find it on Fight Pass, or you can just listen to us explain what happened. And you're missing some things. You're not missing a lot. So No. Uh, you're going you're gonna to dig it. And what else are you doing? You know, in the morning, just turn it on. But tonight is one of my favorite things I've ever done professionally. Well, should I put a little fuel under you right now? Put a little fuel on the fire. Okay, because we did put it up to a vote for Baywatch and Jumanji. On whose movie was worse? Well, whose person they voted for uh, in terms of making the argument that their movie was indeed worse of the rocks and from a percentage standpoint (laughs) a lot of comments are like go fuck both yourselves it's like well no we had people who wanted to share their feelings and that's fine but this was a i guess we can call this a one-sided affair because at 29 percent we had folks saying you made the better case. And at 71%, we had people who agreed that, yes, I made the case. Baywatch was a worse film. (laughs) That uh, really hurts. I blame the erection that gets stuck in the chair more than I do (laughs) your good arguments. I was more so entertained by hearing people who I, and I made sure I said, here's Kevin's here's mine. (laughs) 
Here's the cross-examination. And I told people, I was like, do not vote on which movie you hate more. You have to listen to both of us in order to make an argument. Because if you're just voting wildly, I can't tell what you're into. If you saw two seconds of Pamela Anderson, you might have said, good enough. That's fair. And I still think, I mean, I took the more critically acclaimed movie of the Jumanji 2. But uh, people just, not enough people hate Danny DeVito's voice impersonation by The Rock, I guess, like I do. I also got a lot of pushback from you saying that uh, Kevin Hart was not doing a good impression. There was a lot of people that he did a great impression. They were like, it's the best part of the movie. And I said, I don't know that Kevin will agree with you, but as the resident impressionist on the show... I thought it was just fine and fun. Oh, all right. Well, feels good to be on the right side of history, not the popular (laughs) side. That's all I have to say before we get into tonight's debate. The Stallone cast. What an exciting time to be quarantined, Raph. Mm. Positive spin. So would you like to tell the people your movie and then I'll tell them my movie We'll go over the format, and I'll get this thing started with the world's most sterling opening case. So we're here to celebrate excellence in Sly Stallone, who's long been an advocate of all things martial arts, uh, action films, terrible movies. And we each picked a movie that some would say is terrible, but that we know better. So this week, we're actually begging for your vote to say which person is making the better argument as to which movie is better. Now, I don't know if this helps Kevin or if this is another 71-29 sort of situation. (laughs) I just know that these are two movies that are near and dear to both Kevin and my heart. Today, I have picked truly an amazing movie. Not Rocky 1. Not Rocky 2. Fuck Rocky 3. Rocky as soon as as soon as you picked it, I thought, well, we're going to have one contentious show on our hands. I have chosen one of the classic masterpieces of 1993, the saga known as Demolition Man. And Raph, did you own either of your movies? I know we try and do a rewatch on some. Um, I've rewatched that Rocky Four movie, I don't know, 7,000 times on TBS growing up, so it's nice and burned in the memory. I did rewatch Demolition Man. Did you own either of yours? Oh, yeah. There was a great moment where my wife saw me digging through DVDs, which, by the way, she wants to get rid of. She's like, I want you to get rid of all of these DVDs. And there was a shining moment where I go, hold on, let me go through this drawer. And she goes, why are you going through the DVDs? I want to get through those. And I go, because of moments like this, we have both movies and i need that for the podcast thank you i don't want to pay (laughs) $2.99 for a movie that i already know by heart but that i need to watch not only because i love our fans and i want to give them the best show possible but so that i can be educated enough so that i do not waste their time and specifically Props. The big winner here then are the producers and people still getting points on the Demolition Man and uh, Rocky Four because I certainly bought the Demolition Man this time. I knew it was available (laughs) on Showtime 
And I was like, nope, $10 for the cause. And that will be my opening salve to say, we're going to do a three by three, two by two, one by one format here. Mm. We've got three minutes opening statements. I'll start. Raph will go next. Then we're going to do two minute rebuttals. He'll start. Re- I'll rebuttal him. He'll rebuttal me. Uh, that's a little. Well, Q and A rebuttal is a very debate term because you can do it cross X, <laughs> CX, and then we'll just do some one minute closing arguments. So join us for some fun. Tell a friend it's movie pod time here at Verbal Tap. Do you have a stopwatch ready? I have one in front of me. Yeah, I do. It is all set, sir. And hitting. The year is 1996. It's L.A. It looks like downtown Baghdad in 2003. Things are on fire. Surface-to-air missiles are being fired in multiple directions. As he comes in on this huge two-turbine C-130-like chopper, he's giving the pilots a nice pep talk. It's Stallone. He's making sure they know to do him a favor. He's got to get to Madman. He attaches his bungee cord and says the greatest line possible. (laughs) To catch a maniac... You got to send a maniac. And he jumps into the gunfire and actual fire. The building is quite literally ablaze. He begins to engage enemies with bouncing up and down fire, which will live on in my memory every time I need a little happy injection. I submit that to the jury. He's after Simon Phoenix. He cuts his bungee. And when they catch, they have a nice flirty back and forth. It's Wesley Snipes in his bleached prime. We're talking Wesley. I'm so far from legal trouble. I am smoking a cigarette with a blowtorch in a gas chamber. Now, he's kidnapped 30 hostages. Well, Sly Stallone did a thermal image of the place and only saw eight. But, you know, sometimes you get outthought by a thinker. He kind of detonates the entire place, kills 30 people, and for that fiery blaze, he's sentenced to 70 years frozen. (laughs) Little known fact, the whole franchise series Frozen is based off of him singing Let It Go as he's put in the cryogenic chamber, and then he comes back. 30 years later, Raph, on August 3rd, 2032, Mm. I got engaged on August 3rd. That is not Mm. an accident. I wanted it to live in my memory forever. I love this date because it's when Simon Phoenix says Teddy Bear gets out of his shackles yeah. during a routine unfreeze him and have a parole hearing. He wreaks havoc and it's time to get the man out. Sandra Bullock's there. She's looking hot in this futuristic stuff. Everyone's a pansy. Dennis Leary's reading a revolt in the basement of this city. <laughs> There's so much chaos. Jesse Ventura's back. Sly Stallone wins the day, gets the girl after a very touching, emotional sex scene happened virtually, something I think people can relate to in this current virtual environment if you're thirsty and single. There is so much parallel because it's 2032. It's the future. We have Rob Schneider. We have Sly Stallone. We have the greatest action movie ever made. While there's a revolt of poverty, an emotional message about what happens when you too sanitize and sly in his prime. Thank you. Are you still there or did I knock you over with my ablaze? 
No, I just was on mute so that I could appreciate your your words in true form. I wanted to give you the floor, sir. I didn't want to make it about me. It's about you and your argument, and I didn't want to get in that way. Thank you, but like a true impromptuer, I came in at 3.02. I was ready to last <laughs> word it. So uh, there you go. Well, I'm very much looking forward to talking about my movie. Would you like to count me in? I am starting in three, two, button. Rocky IV tells the simple story of a fighter who captured the world with his irrepressible charm and almost incoherent ability to avoid multiple concussions. Who watches his best friend succumb to a steroid-enhanced Russian monster? There are so many so bad they're amazing movies in this world, but few that truly scream, wow, was that ever written and directed by Sylvester Stallone? However, in times such as these, Rocky IV is the exact type of film that reminds us as Americans, and yes, dare I say humans, that we can overcome and yes, change. That's a major theme that might get lost if you didn't hear it the first hundred times in the movie. With that in mind, let's just go ahead and break down the cinematic masterpiece in three parts. First, an ode to brotherhood. Second, modern day musicals. And third, the ever irrepressible nature of American ingenuity. To begin, Rocky IV is the ultimate bro-mance movie. Forget the fact that the Rocky movies were originally predicated on the relationship between Rocky and Adrian, because guess what? This movie is all about avenging the death of your best friend who was once your rival, and it's a little complicated. How much of a bromance is the relationship between Creed and Rocky? Uh, how about this? When your bro dies, Rocky says peace out to his wife and his kid to go to Russia to fight a dude whose punches are literally off the charts. You might look at these giant behemoths as just beating the shit out of each other for no reason, but this was a bromance movie before Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, and Jonah Hill told you it was okay to have feelings about your best friends. Two, it pioneered the sports musical. Raph, I know you might be saying right now, Rocky IV isn't a musical, but oh contraire, my uneducated friend. <laughs> According to science, and One I minute. kid you not, this movie is 31.9% music. You love montages? <laughs> Don't worry. They got a fuck ton in here. Sure, on its surface, it might not be a musical like, say, The Greatest Showman on Earth. But let me ask you a question. Did The Greatest Showman on Earth do their little song and dance in less than 91 minutes? No. Stallone did that shit in 91 minutes. And number three, it's an ode to American ingenuity. Yeah, right, brothers? Fly. Edison, light. Elon Musk, whatever the fuck he does. But did any of those jerk-offs teach us a goddamn thing about international diplomacy? No. Rocky ended the goddamn Cold War. Not through <laughs> treaties, not through agreements, but by showing you that America will kick your ass. And guess what? He went to Russia and had them chanting his name. That's like Conor McGregor having to fight in Russia and having them cheer for him. And for our purposes, it also taught us what a fighter can do when they have nothing to say, but they will say it incoherently. So I believe our fans will relate to that. Unbelievable in the timing and the impromptu-like structure. <laughs> Raph's headed to quarters, uh, certainly in the speech circuit, but this is verbal tap movie debates. The fans are the only judge. That can elevate anyone to the metaphorical quarters this time. Raf, I have a few questions for you, if you don't mind if sure, I start the timer. 
I I noticed you mentioned the steroids, which uh, is amazing. I I didn't hear anything. Was there any bungee jumping into combat in in your movie? It was really hard with all of the CrossFit that he had to do in sure. innovating and showing athletes how to beat somebody with uh, steroids. You have to go through CrossFit, and that's how you beat John Jones. He showed out the laydown plan there. But but that was a no on the bungee. I, like I said, he just didn't have time. <laughs> Uh, I would like to talk about his bro who dies, um, Mr. Mr. One Apollo. He had previously retired from professional fighting. Is that correct? Yes, he did. Five years. So it's it's presumable maybe that a return to fighting wasn't as advised from an athletic standpoint. I mean, I've seen GSP do it. I just can't help but notice from a boxing perspective, it, it seems dangerous to come back uh, five years after you retire and after getting beat, right? Uh, wouldn't you agree that's that's dangerous? I mean, some would say GSP lost as well, but he came back and he's essentially the goat of our sport. So it's hard to really come to that conclusion, I would think. All right. So next question, 5'6 versus 6'7. I'm just reading out some statistics about the height of the fighters. Uh, I want to hit you with some weight. Sly's tops 185. He looks like he hasn't had a donut in six months in this movie. Um, similar to mine. But uh, what is this bullshit? He can beat some steroided Russian in a fight. You have to get inside on the pocket. And if you notice, he actually beats uh, one uh, Ivan Drago with the same punch that Apollo Creed taught him in the movie. So there is a very important way of using your skills to the best of your advantage. It's a real real way of skirting the tremendous size advantage. I don't feel like I got firm resolution, but I would like to thank you for taking my questions, good sir. Appreciate it. And then it's time. <clears throat> Kev, I'm going to start out my cross-examination by asking a very important question. How many sequels did your movie inspire? Oh, tons. Uh, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd 2. Um, not a sequel. Not a thing. I think the Expendables. Well, hold on, Raph. I, I would argue he probably gets refrozen after they catch him in Sandra Bullock's mm -hmm. apartment. So maybe he could pop around to time zones and, and still be pumping out movies late in his 60s like Expendables 3. So. Cool. So not four sequels to direct and then a branching off into another franchise. Just wanted to double check on that. Not specifically. Not like Nothing like Rocky Creed Four. 2 came out of this movie. No. Just saying four <laughs> sequels that all did critically and commercially uh, important. Hey, I noticed this was supposed to be a Sylvester Stallone festival, right? Yes, sir. Then why would you choose a Sandra Bullock showcase as your chosen vehicle for Sylvester Stallone? This is pre-Miss Congeniality Sandra Bullock. She's still an up-and-comer. She's taking uh, Jennifer Lawrence roles eight years ago type of part of her career. This was just a step in the ladder to showcase what would be a future talent. It's like when a team drafts a young prospect. Sly was like, I can bring it along. So sorry I'd like to bring accent. up your impression as <laughs> yeah, well. Are you sure for that's it. really Listen. who it is? Because nope. it's sounding more Stallone. No, I'm, I'm going to apologize about the Stallone accent that has been represented. Please don't let that impact the argument. I just want to go ahead and make sure that was Stallone, not Schwarzenegger, for the public record. And you mentioned a lot about your movie showing things in the future. Los Angeles wasn't on fire in 1996. It's been on fire every other year. But let's get into this. Just answer me this question. Did your movie show the recklessness of Russian doping and how to conquer it? 
No, not did not your officially. movie show how a Roomba can sexually advance toward you? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. That was a that was a, a theme. Roomba, not Sandra Bullock. She has a name, sir. Thank you. That's my time. We each have. Uh, Hit a hit a very professional point in this. You could tell we dwelled on the whole <laughs> first one and came back ready to fire. We have reached the critical time of one minute closing arguments. I believe I go first, correct? So you get the final word. We didn't do this one, but the last time we didn't. So. We didn't do a closing argument. We, uh, you know, what I think what happened was we just finished and then we said, "Okay, now America, you vote." And I think, in theory, we should have done a closing argument. So let's rectify that now. Awesome. We've already hit a casual 20 minutes on a nine-minute podcast. We were like, oh, that's right. We're colorful. Right. <laughs> All right. I am. Are you ready? Go right ahead, sir. Courage under change and important lessons in how complex the judicial system are are two lessons that trans translate over multiple decades and time periods this movie highlights the complicated relationship we have between our incarcerated and how to rehabilitate them ultimately it's not just a message about sly stallone being courageous and willing to adapt to technological changes like having to use zoom to have wine with your friends it's also a message that we need to critically think about how we rehabilitate because are we creating something that might ultimately attack us in the future or are we creating something that puts us more on a road to where we're not just eating Taco Bell? And that's a message in this era that really resonates. The, the Demolition Man is just a perfect movie. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Would you like to count me in? In three, two, one. Rocky IV ended the Cold War. To vote against it is to vote against America. Is that it? Are you conceding your other? Do I? No, no. I don't have to concede <laughs> shit. I think I just won with that. So, you know, hashtag America all you want. I'm done. I was saying, are you conceding the rest of your time, not the argument? I See, because here's the important message, Kevin. America doesn't fucking concede. We just show up, knock the fuck out of somebody, have James Brown show up and do a song and dance, which, by the way, definitely isn't in Demolition Man. I'm not sure about that. Here. I'm not 100% sure James <laughs> Brown doesn't do a dance in that movie. Also, James Brown is actually credited as the Godfather of Soul in Rocky IV. Not James Brown, Godfather of Soul, portrayed by James Brown. <laughs> Boom. Done. That's all I need. Well, Verbal Tap fans, we're going to play the trailers for you after we conclude this to make sure we don't violate anything or leave you with three minutes of dead air on YouTube. <laughs> there are multiple things we've asked of you. None have been this important. You need to let us know. Find us on YouTube. Find us on social media. If you just put it anywhere, Raffle just aggregated into his brain and consumption. And we're going to know how you feel. You're going to see it. We have so much opportunity to do more of these movies because the difficult part we have had so far is deciding on a theme. Because it's not that we don't have movie ideas. It's like, well, what about this, 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 this? It's like, well, we just need a theme. Stallone crushed it. 
<laughs> and uh, we want to do more, but we need some interaction here. Raph, any yes, final sir. notes for the people before we send them into Trailerville? Well, uh, first, thank you guys very much for your time. Uh, we'll let you know more about Fight Island as we know. Apparently, the UFC is going to Florida. I heard like, Bill Simmons be like, I'm into Fight Island. So it's like, oh, okay. So people that hate MMA like the idea of Fight Island. <clears throat> people really change when they say, tell me more about Fight Island. Fight Island. So uh, Dana's apparently planning three cards to be done in one week, which will be interesting to see. And more importantly, Kev, uh, we should also note that in addition to that, um, it looks like Drew Dober might be on one of those fights. Of course. Dober's not worried. He's got abs. Um, it's hard to get the virus if your abs are like that. Gets right. So, you know, kind of stay tuned. Maybe next week we have over under Kevin. We'll see. It's just kind of a, you know, I would promise you guys it, but much like Dana promised that last one was going to go down, <laughs> things just kind of change, you know? So things don't always make it. Roll with the punches, guys. <laughs> this has been Verbal Tap Movie Pod Stallone Cast. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. Uh, At the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. <laughs> Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in and say hi! From another time. Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man. Today, the Soviet Union has officially entered professional boxing. This is not just an exhibition fight that doesn't mean it. But this is us against them. What are you talking about? Come on. Perhaps this simple defeat of this little so-called champion will be a perfect example of how weak your society has become. Has the fight date been set yet? 7th 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Rocky, what's going on? 
Bravo is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. It's suicide! You can't win! Whatever he is, he destroys. Please note, the new number is...